0: Now it's time for the only show that doesn't care about ratings, Witness Radio, with your host, Ryan Muniak.
1: Welcome to the only show that doesn't care about ratings, because our sole purpose is to save souls, on purpose. Visit witnesstalkradio.org for more episodes and call 513 to voice your opinion. I came across a video recently that was made by Marcus Rogers, a Christian serving in the U.S. military. Now, his video is going viral, but not because he's whining about red cups or generic holiday greetings. You see, it's going viral because Marcus reveals a secret link behind all of the troublesome happenings lately, such as Black Lives Matter, ISIS attacking Paris, and even the 911 attacks, they're all related.
2: You're listening to this video. Man, we are at war. Whether you want to admit it, whether you want to see it, whether you want to believe it or not, we are at war. You want to know the truth about the attacks in Paris? I woke up this morning here in South Korea. I started looking at the news. I seen what happened. You know, I seen that ISIS is taking credit for it. Let me tell you something. ISIS and all these other things that are going on in the world, it's just the enemies pawns, you know, in his temper tantrum. Why is he throwing a temper tantrum? Because he knows his time is short. He knows that he's fighting a losing battle. And sometimes I I just imagine him just sitting there saying, man, no matter what I do, no matter how I try to come against the people of God, because you look at ISIS, who do they hate? They hate Christians. They're going around putting Christians in cages, setting them on fire, cutting their heads off. You know, that's who they're looking for. Why? Because the enemy hates us because he's jealous because we have the light and the fire of God inside of us. So he's trying to come against us with fear. He's trying to come against us with division. That's why you got ISIS and Black Lives Matter and racism and all this mess that's going on in the world that cause division and fear. You know, even with the Christians, some of them are getting caught up in that agenda. Some of them don't even see what's happening. You're just being a part of the pawn of the enemy. He's trying to cause a distraction because he knows his time is short. He knows he's fighting a losing battle. There's chaos going on all over in the world. The Bible says when you see these things happening, look to the sky for your redemption draw nigh. And you know, when I woke up this morning, before I even seen the news, I opened up my Bible and what I began to read was about the uh, the 10 virgins, you know, and how five of them, they had their light burning when God returned and some of them did. not And then in the next verses over, it was talking about the guys that God had gave talents to and how some of them used it and they multiplied, and how some of them sat on it. This world is dying. This world, we are at war. What are we at war for? We are at war for your soul. We are at war for souls. There's people dying every day without Jesus and the enemy's just throwing a tantrum and he's trying to take whoever he can out. He's trying to make whoever he can miserable. He's trying to make people be consumed in fear. What are you doing with what god gave you? He gave you fire. He gave you light Are you one of the foolish virgins who's just sitting there and you're seeing all this mess going on in the world? And you're just too busy with your own life. You're just living for yourself You're just worrying about being happy down here and your fire is out You're not doing nothing with the fire that god gave you You're not doing nothing with the talents and abilities that god gave you But you think that you're gonna go stand before god and say here I am i'm ready to go to heaven Hmm. Look at the Bible. Read it. What God said, he said, depart from me. I knew you not just because you can get up there and sing a good song in church and you can preach a, a fiery message. And just because you speak in tongues and all that, if you're not doing what God has called you to do in these end times, you are failing God. People getting caught up in these distractions, man. That's all it is. It's a distraction because the enemy sees he sees that he's fighting a losing battle. And sometimes he just gets upset. That's why you've got 9-11. That's why you've got the attacks in Paris. Because sometimes he's just like, man, no matter what I do, I can't win. No matter what I do, I'm gonna be destroyed. No matter what I do, it's already over for me. So he just gets angry and he allows people who allow themselves to be used by him to carry out his anger and his vengeance on the earth. He's roaming the earth like a lion, seeking who he can devour, and every day, Every time these things happen, every time somebody dies without Jesus, you know, that's the only probably sense of comfort that he has, but it's still not good enough. He's never satisfied. That's why he keeps going. That's why he keeps attacking. And the closer he knows that Jesus Yahweh is coming back, the more he wants to act up, the more people he wants to take out. You know, I can just see him like kind of just feeling like he's about to self-destruct and the only outlet he has is attacks like Paris is making movements like Black Lives Matter and causing division and causing separation. Marcus, people keep saying, well, you don't like black people, none of that stuff, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this stuff is not going anywhere. You're fighting a losing battle when you're just trying to fight for that stuff. What you need to fight for, souls, what you need to do is tap into that fire that's inside of you. What you need to tap into is the power of God and go around preaching Jesus Christ's power. You know, you can go around preaching that Black Lives Matter stuff. You can go around there being bitter and trying to fight wars, but the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You can go around trying to do your own thing, but there's nothing bigger and better than the power of Jesus Christ. There's nothing bigger and better than the word of God, and that is what we need to preach that is what we need to proclaim to the world you can go get caught up in these side agendas but that's not going to benefit nobody what is black lives gonna, uh, matter, matter what is it going to matter when they stand before God and they die without Jesus that's why as Christians what I say is come out from among the world and be separate the Bible says focus on winning souls stop looking at skin color and stop look and start looking at souls we shouldn't have a black church we, we shouldn't have a white church there shouldn't be no division <laughs> excuse me you know why because the spirit of God doesn't discriminate It does not discriminate, man. When Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me I'm not going to just draw black people I'm not going to just draw white people You know, unless it's geography, man Wherever Jesus is being lifted up Wherever that light is being shined Wherever that fire is being lifted up All men should be drawn unto it That's why you shouldn't have a black If you're looking around and you're in a church And it's all black people, something's wrong If you're sitting in a church and it's all white people Something's wrong, unless it's geography Why? Because when God is lifted up He said, I will draw all men unto me So when you're in church and you're praising God And you're lifting him up, all men should be drawn to that light because this world is dark, this world is cold, this world is down a path of destruction and and, and evil and Jesus is soon to return. So when you begin to lift Jesus up in this cold world and you begin to let that fire burn in this cold world, everyone should be drawn to it. A lot of you are sitting on your talents. A lot of you are sitting on your gifts. A lot of you are sitting on your abilities. A lot of you are consumed in fear. You're like, man, look at this stuff going on in the world, man. Look at ISIS. I'm so scared. I'm so intimidated. But let me tell you something about the spirit of God. The spirit of God will give you a backbone. The spirit of God will give you some fire. And it's not it's not on your own strength that you stand. You know, it's not on your own might that you stand. It's the spirit of God that gives you a backbone and makes you stand tall and say, bring it on, devil, because you know what? I already know through the word of God you are defeated. I already know through... Through the word of God, you are destroyed. I already know through the word of God, I am more than a conqueror. I already know through the word of God, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So I'm not worried about what you do. I'm not worried about your temper tantrums. When I see stuff going on in the news, I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to get scared. Sometimes the devil will throw a a temper tantrum in your life because you're getting closer to God and you're making strides to get closer to God. And he says, ah, no, boom, boom, boom. And he starts trying to throw things around in your life to discourage you or to make you full of fear. So you get off the path. Don't get off the path. Keep getting closer to God. Don't worry about what's going on in this world. Don't be distracted. Don't go to the left, to the right. Keep your eyes on God and keep moving forward for these are the last days, tomorrows. It's not promised to anyone. Jesus is coming like a thief in the night and he's going to come. And what are you going to say? You're going to say, God, you know, I I never got around to doing what you asked me to do because I was too busy with the cares of this life. I was focused on the wrong mission. I was doing things that, you know, you didn't ask me to do, but I, I thought, you know, I thought Black Lives Matter was really important. But God said, no, souls are important. I thought fighting my own battles, it was important. But God said, no, you should have fought it my way on your knees, praying, forgiving people. Man, some of you need to forgive some people. Some of you people just need to let go of some things and give it to God, man. Stop trying to fight your own battles. I'm telling you, man, Jesus is coming. Y'all better wake up. Y'all better wake up. The signs of the times are very clear. He's about to crack the sky any day, any day. And I hope that you're ready. And I hope that you've been doing everything that you can to be everything that you need to be in Jesus Christ. I'm serious, man. God is coming. Wake up. God is coming. Wake up. I tell you what I tell you because I love you, because I want us all to be everything that God has called us to be. Be blessed in Jesus' name.
1: I don't know anything about Marcus Rogers or his Christian background, but he does bring up a good point. Are you doing what God has called you to do? If you're a Christian, God has called you to share the gospel. We are living in the last days and Jesus could return at any time. So let's stay focused on the goal of sharing the Gospel with others.
3: If you want to grow in your understanding of God's Word and learn to study the Bible for yourself, join Pastor Andrew Rappaport as he teaches each week from the Word of God. The teaching is free through the internet, but paid students receive a syllabus for each course with extra study materials. The cost is only $50 per year with special pricing for church groups. And you get to choose from the School of Biblical Hermeneutics or the School of Systematic Theology. Sign up today for Striving for Eternity Academy. Details at strivingforeternity.org.
4: Ratings. We don't need no stupid ratings.
3: You're listening to Witness Radio with Ryan Muriak.
2: <coughs> but we like
1: Ryan.
2: <coughs> we do. Just go to org.
1: Welcome back to Witness Radio. Have you ever had someone that didn't want to hear the good news of how to escape hell and receive eternal life? Well, I recently talked with Sam, a college student, and after hearing about her possible fate in hell, she couldn't seem to care less. So what do we do when this happens? Do we force the gospel on them, or do we just let them walk away? Earlier this week, Ohio turned down the option to legalize marijuana both recreationally and medicinally. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think Ohio should legalize marijuana?
0: I think there's probably a good way to go about it and a bad way to go about it, and that's something that needs to be explored.
1: Well, Let me ask you this. Uh, do you think marijuana should be legalized?
0: I don't really know much about it. I've not had any experience with marijuana. I don't know. I haven't paid much attention to the politics of it. Um, so I, I don't know, maybe it could be used medicinally. I'm not sure. So
1: maybe medicinally, but not recreationally.
0: That would be, that would be my vote, I guess. Okay. I'm not a person who does drugs or anything. I'm very against that.
1: Gotcha. So, uh, well, let me ask, why, why are you against drugs? Not, not that I'm for drugs, but why, why are you against it?
0: Um, it's messing with people's mind it's damaging to your body and i think there's a certain lack of respect that goes along with that both to the person doing the drugs against themselves and to the people around them so
1: do you have uh any type of religious background that helps you make this decision
0: no just it's my view that i guess i grew up with
1: okay. <laughs> No, uh, the reason i asked that was because um a lot of times, religious people will, will turn it down for those similar reasons, and it's based on their uh, holy books, their, their religious texts. Uh, I, myself, am a Christian. This is a Christian radio show. And, uh, I'm a
2: Roman Catholic. Oh, you're Roman Catholic.
1: Okay. Gotcha. So, uh, the Bible talks about uh, how we are to be sober, sober-minded, and it uh, while it does not specifically mention... Illegal drugs or marijuana It does talk about uh, Drunkenness which is synonymous With intoxication in general Uh, And it it Actually condemns Intoxication it says that uh, The drunkard will not inherit The kingdom of heaven What are your thoughts on that do you think there's uh, Any truth to that Or do you think that we should Adhere to A warning uh, Such as that
0: I guess the key is moderation um, I think alcohol is a drug like any other where if you, it can affect your mind and it can affect the people around you and yourself and I think you have to be careful with that but I also know that it is um, it could be used in a social setting and, and um, it has a certain place in our society that can't be ignored too so I guess I would say I, I don't like the idea that people are going to Go out and get drunk and not be totally in control of themselves, um, but at the same time, you know, I've had friends who who are like that, and they're fun people. So,
1: so now, let me let me uh, get to the to the spiritual matter here. You know, the Bible specifically says that uh, drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God or people who intoxicate themselves will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do you think that should have any bearing on our thought process regarding marijuana?
0: Um, My first instinct is to say that alcohol and marijuana are two different substances and need to be treated as such. They each carry different problems. As for the spirituality of the matter, I'm not the strictest person when it comes to faith. Um, to each their own. I know people do have strong opinions on it, but that's not my faith. Doesn't really enter into it where I'm concerned with it. So,
1: so let me let me ask you this. Um, let, let's take um, another uh, sin out out of the list. Uh, says murderers won't inherit the kingdom of God Um, do you think that we should uh, be mindful of the warning in in that aspect where it says uh, people who are committing murder that they won't go to heaven do you think we should think about that when we're making our decisions regarding uh, making laws on those who commit murder
0: um very different. Um, murder is wrong, and it has punishments that go along with it, both morally and, you know, in a in a spiritual sense, and from the law. Um, and those should be taken into consideration.
1: And, and I agree with you; murder is wrong. I don't think I'm <laughs> no, advocating for murder. That. <laughs> uh, but you know, I the reason I brought that up is because it's two different sins in that list same list uh, but people look at it differently the, You know, they, they look at the list and they say oh this one's okay but this one is not okay but God looks at them the same and he says that both of them kick you out of he- says you don't get to heaven because of them so why do you think people will differentiate on the sins or say one sin is okay but not the other sin when God says that both are wrong
0: i think that's more to do with how society views it um you can look at it from a faith aspect and and come at it in the way that god says all that is wrong um but when you look at it from a societal point of view that's encompassing more than just one faith and there are going to be different viewpoints on it and i think that's where the difference comes in i think um both the effect that they have um, on the people who are either doing drugs or, you know, the families of murder victims, the effects are going to be different. They're both catastrophic, but they're very different.
1: Let me, let me ask you this. Um, what does someone have to do to get to heaven uh, in, in your personal view?
0: I'd like to say be yourself and be... The best good morally good person that you can be
1: so are you going to heaven
0: i don't have no clue <laughs> i would hope so but again I, my faith is is kind of not i it don't base my life around my faith so
1: so you, you said uh, basically you got to be a morally good person so i'm i'm thinking maybe you're questioning how morally good you are because you don't know if you're going to heaven
0: I would say that I'm not an expert in what being morally good is and I uh just don't have any basis to to judge on that matter whether it's myself or other people I know I'm going to judge myself more harshly just because that's you know self criticism is something that I do but um I don't know. well
1: you know there there is a standard that we can use uh, to kind of test our moral goodness, and that's the uh, Ten Commandments. So uh, we talked about murder. It says do not murder. Uh, have you ever murdered anybody?
0: No. <laughs> no. Okay,
1: well, that's good. I feel safer now. Uh, have you ever hated somebody or been angry without cause? Yes. The Bible actually says that that's the same as murder in God's eyes. So in God's eyes, you are a murderer because of that. Let's look at another one. Uh, have you ever told a lie before? Yes. Well, those who lie, they would be considered uh, liars in God's eyes. E- even if it's just one. you know, It's like if you murder one person, you're a murderer. It doesn't matter how many murders you commit. So one lie makes you a liar. Another one would be stealing. Have you ever stolen anything, even something small?
0: Not purposely. At least I don't think so. <laughs> okay.
1: I'll let you slide with that one. But listen, so uh, I just went through a couple of the Ten Commandments and you admitted to being a murderer at heart and a liar and the Bible condemns both of those equally. It says all liars will not have their part in the lake or I'm sorry, all liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and sulfur which is the second death and no murderer will inherit the kingdom of God. So based on that standard of morals from from the Bible, from God. You definitely are not morally good and the Bible says that you're probably going to hell. Does that concern you at all?
0: Well, if you look at it from that way, I, I guess it would, but there's another way of looking at it where it also depends on the effect that your actions have. And again, my faith is not the strongest, so it's like I don't just consider... Um, what the Bible says about it I also consider you know how my actions affect other people and I can't say I'm the best at consideration but I try and take into, into account intent and um, the effect it has not just from a religious standpoint but just from from one person to another I guess emotional I guess
1: but the fact of the matter is that Bible still says you're condemned and that your punishment will be in eternity in hell and it concerns me uh, that that is your your current state of affairs with God you know that that's that's why I'm out here because uh, you know it concerned me when someone brought that knowledge to my side to my eyes um But God has also made a way for you to be forgiven of your sin, of lying and hatred, which is the same as murder and and any other sin. And if it concerns you that you are going to hell, but there is a way to escape that punishment, wouldn't you want to know what it is so that you could get out of hell?
0: Yes, but I also believe that my relationship with God is um, is my own to figure out.
1: So, I have information that I would like to share with you about how to escape hell. But I need to know that you want that information. I need to know that you're concerned enough about... Where you're going to spend eternity, uh, in order to share that information, because I don't I don't want to just be talking to you and you not paying any attention, you know, anything like that. I, I want to, you know, I want to share this information with you, and for you to, you know, acknowledge the information, for you to to accept the information. Are you interested in in the information in how to escape hell?
0: If you want to share it with me, I will listen and I will be respectful of it. Um, but I'm going to see that as your viewpoint. And whether I do anything with the information, it, is, it just remains to be seen. And it, it won't happen here. It's just going to be, you know, something I might think about or something that I might say that was his opinion and move on.
1: So, so you are interested in the information enough to at least hear it
0: i am interested if you feel that you need to tell me
1: i I feel the need to tell everybody but if you have no if you have no interest then i won't i won't waste any more of your time that that, that's the point i'm trying to make is, is if you have no interest in it we'll just stop the conversation right now but if you have interest if you if you are interested in hearing the information i would gladly share it with you
0: I'm going to respectfully decline. Um, Again, my relationship with God is something that I need to figure out for myself. Um, So while I would understand that you would be giving me information as your viewpoint, it would probably not have a very large effect on the way I, I interpret my own faith.
1: If someone refuses to hear the gospel, don't feel like your evangelism efforts are in vain. Deep down, they know they're in trouble but suppress the truth in unrighteousness, and God may be hardening that person's heart for whatever reason. However, we should always pray for these people, because God can still open their eyes and save their souls.
0: Imagine Jesus walking onto your local college campus. What would he say? Would he be like Matthew chapter 9, seeing the people lost and helpless like sheep without a shepherd and say the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few? At Christian Collegiate Network, we are sending workers into the harvest. We are training students how to proclaim the glorious gospel, not only in the way that they live their lives, but how to speak. To the campus community about the gospel. If you want to support our ministry at Christian Collegiate Network by becoming a campus leader or financially, go to changeyourcampus.com. Christian Collegiate Network, changeyourcampus.com.
1: Cannibalism is okay as long as you're not actually hurting somebody. Wouldn't eating someone hurt them? I'm trying to do the best I can. There's only one way to have your sins forgiven. As born-again Christians, part of our duty is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or have never witnessed before, Witness Radio has something for you. Tune in next time to strengthen your faith and learn how to defend it. Go to WitnessTalkRadio.org. That's WitnessTalkRadio.org.
3: What do Jewish people believe? Or Muslims, a Mormon, or a Jehovah's Witness? If you've ever wondered, then the book, What Do They Believe?, is for you. From the differing views on God and Jesus to sin, salvation, and eternity, What Do They Believe?, will help you get an accurate understanding of what other religions believe. What Do They Believe?, by Andrew Rappaport, available now on Kindle and at strivingforeternity.org.
1: Now, I don't want to leave those listeners that have never heard the biblical gospel hanging. So, here's a description from Questions Ministries.
4: What is the true gospel? The true gospel is the good news that God saves sinners. Man is by nature sinful and separated from God with no hope of remedying that situation. But God, by His power, provided the means of man's redemption in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Savior, Jesus Christ. The word gospel literally means good news, but to truly comprehend how good this news is, we must first understand the bad news. As a result of the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3, verse 6, every part of man, his mind, will, emotions, and flesh, have been corrupted by sin. Because of man's sinful nature, he does not and cannot seek God. He has no desire to come to God, and, in fact, his mind is hostile towards God, Romans 8, verse 7. God has declared that man's sin dooms him to an eternity in hell, separated from God. It is in hell that man pays the penalty of sin against a holy and righteous God. This would be bad news indeed if there were no remedy. But in the gospel, God, in His mercy, has provided that remedy, a substitute for us, Jesus Christ, who came to pay the penalty for our sin by His sacrifice on the cross. This is the essence of the gospel which Paul preached to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 2 through 4, he explains the three elements of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ on our behalf. Our old nature died with Christ on the cross and was buried with him. Then we were resurrected with him to a new life. Romans 6 verses 4 through 8. Paul tells us to hold firmly to this true gospel, the only one which saves. Believing in any other gospel is to believe in vain. In Romans 1 verses 16 and 17, Paul also declares that the true gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, by which he means that salvation is not achieved by man's efforts, but by the grace of God through the gift of faith. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. Because of the gospel, through the power of God, those who believe in Christ are not just saved from hell. We are, in fact, given a completely new nature. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. With a changed heart and a new desire, will and attitude that are manifested in good works. This is the fruit the Holy Spirit produces in us by His power. Works are never the means of salvation, but they are the proof of it. Ephesians two verse ten. Those who are saved by the power of God will always show the evidence of salvation by a changed life.
0: God Questions Ministry seeks to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by providing biblical answers to today's questions online at gotquestions.org.
2: Two, when is your
1: With the holidays right around the corner, I want to know the various ways that you share the gospel during this festive season. Call 513-980-70 and share some ideas for giving out the good news. You can share outreach ideas, ways to transition into gospel conversations, or even tell me how you can reach unsaved family members during this time of year. Let me know your tips and ideas by calling 513 900 8070 Until next time, the fields are ripe for the harvest. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and share the gospel. May God bless you.
2: Witness Radio has
0: been brought to you by the Muniac family.